I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Welcome to Old School. This is Chief John Salcom here with my buddy Chief Rick Lasky, and we're here for another session to talk about some interesting topics in the American Fire Service. And tonight we decided to talk about hose lines in private dwellings, where we stretch them, what size they are, where they go, how we man them and charge them, and, and a bunch of other stuff. And I, I think you'll have a, a good time listening to us this, today. Well, and John, we, we did one show earlier about as the first line goes, so does the fire. So goes the fire. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the importance of stretching lines and training and, and getting, a, you know, getting the hose off the, the rig and you know, not just when you're doing hose testing, but if you want to be good at fighting fires, you want to be good at getting water to the fire, you have to practice and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice stretching hose and doing the most important thing you do, and that is put the fire out. Right. But, but you said it before a bunch of times in classes, there's several things we need to address we talk about our, in, our, in our tactics classes in our company officer academy about you turn the corner and, and you've got a one or let's say, let's call it two-story. Two-story frame, fire out the second floor window. Um, house fire. House fire. You pull up, you turn the corner, that's it, you pull up. I mean, but, but let's go back for a second. Okay. Before you even turn the corner, you sit back at the station, you got a cup of coffee, or you're watching a game and all of a sudden, beep, boop, the run comes in and you go into a house fire. And it's Main Street, houses, you know you're going to a house fire. That decision is already made. We know pretty much house fires are residential buildings. Residential buildings are primarily inch and three-quarter hose lines. So some of these decisions are actually made way ahead of time. You, know, you don't have to be coming down a block to see what size the house is or how many floors it has. Pretty much house fires, and, and not even just house fires. I mean, in the FDNY my whole career, six-story tenants, they were still residential buildings. We still stretched inch and three-quarter into those buildings. So... So let's get back to the house fire for well, a moment but, now. But it's probably going to be inch and three quarter, right? And, and having those SOGs and having that stuff, those SOPs, known and trained out ahead of time. So you go, you know, just like if you're, if you're taking a promotional exam for the FDNY or anywhere else, you're like, all right, so here's here's a test question. You know, single family dwelling, you know, structure fire, reported fire. What is the line, you know, of choice, first mm -hmm. choice? You know, again, you know, that's why they're called guidelines. So you can pull up and go, no, that's not going to work. Or this is, the, you know. But the line of choice would be, like you said, the inch and three-quarter hand line, and why? Right, and having that and having that decision already made, built into your SOPs or your SOGs is wonderful because it, it takes it out of your realm of, of decision-making. Now you don't even have to think about that. But, and, and, and I'll ask you a why question. Why is inch and three-quarter good? Because we know the water flow. We know the gallons per minute that's coming out of an inch and three-quarter hose line is adequate to handle the, the, the fire load in a typical residential building. We're not talking about factories. We're not talking about gigantic fire loads. We're talking about residential furniture and living rooms and bedrooms and bathrooms and hallways. So having said that, let's go back to the run. You're on the way to this run. You already know it's inch and three quarter. So we got one decision made pretty much already. And now you're coming down a block. And sure enough, it is a house fire. Next decision. What is it? 
Well, as you pull up next decision, because you, you said your policy is already telling you what line you're going to pull, is, the next decision I'm going to make is what entrance am I going to use? What, where am I going to stretch my line to? Which, you know, let's back up for a second. We've always told people, you first drive an engine, when, it, when you can, you should try and grab three sides on your way in. Pumpers are shorter. As you're pulling up, hey, I got a side of the, the D side. I got the front. I pull over. I've got the B side. Now we get off because we can stretch holes pretty much where we need to. We can't nail ladders on the end of ladders. But So we're pulling up. I'm getting my sides. I get my shots. I already know in my head, you know, the line of choice, 99% of the time for me is going to be an inch and three quarter. Mm-hmm. But I need to decide on what entrance am I start. What what entrance, entrance am I stretching that initial attack line? What would be the best entrance? The most advantageous, right? Is that the mm-hmm. word? <laughs> the well, advantageous, uh, effective. There's, there's a couple right. of things we want to get done. I mean, I, I hate to throw another, another choice in there, but now we got to look at, well, we know we're going to go inch and three-quarter. Some folks got two, maybe even three inch and three-quarter pre-connects of different lengths. Well, yeah, the, the two, some, you, you, I think what you see commonly is there's a 150 and then maybe a 200 and a 250, you know, or a 150 with two 200s, you know, and, and the whole 200 thing, you know, if you talk to your ISO people, you know, we talk about this in the classroom, guys say, well, why, why are the rigs spec for 200? And that was an ISO, ISO thing from the old days was in the cities, most lot lines were 100 from the curb to the alley, you know, was 150 feet. So you could stretch a cross lay or a pre-connected 200-foot line to an alley garage, hit that alley garage or the one across from it, the one next to it, whatever, and then if that wasn't the case, you still enough to make a couple floors on maybe a three-story frame. Mm-hmm. So, so the reason 200 feet. But, yes, there are different size lines. Now, John, went back up or something. We talked about this on one of our other um, um, old-school shows was knowing what comes out of the end of your hose. Right. You know, the, and you saw this in class again where you're talking and you're like, okay, so what do you guys flow? And you see the tops of some heads and I'm like, what do, you, what do you flow? What, do you, what What's actually coming out of the end? Don't you want to know? I mean, a Marine will want to know how many bullets are in his gun, and I guarantee he knows how many are in his rifle. Right. Would you want to know what's coming out of the end of your... Listen, you you and I both know just from experience, just from teaching, even from hanging around a firehouse. I, I work with some pretty tough engine firefighters in the FDNY when I was a captain of 48 engine. I'm not saying they were uneducated. I'm not saying they were oblivious or in the dark, because they weren't. They were all sharp, good, hard-working men. Some of them might not have been able to exactly quote the number of gallons come out at the end, and I'm not saying that's a good thing. It's not a good thing. And we find the same thing in our classes because what I'm trying to say is those folks are as good and as sharp as the folks that we work with, even some good firefighters. I really think everybody should know, and, and, and I think I... I have an idea. Right. I, I, one of the guys in one of my classes recently said 155, 160, or something like that, and, and that, that's sort of a, like the lower end of the range. These are all range things now. We know, we know some good MPOs, and depending on the kind of hose you have and the kind of nozzle have, some places can squeeze a lot more water out of an inch and three-quarter or a two-and-a-half-inch line than maybe the neighboring department who has a little bit of a different uh, equipment setup. But the point is, I always like to tell guys, inch and three-quarter, if you put it in a decimal point, it's one, 1. 1.75, it's 175. I like to think about it as a 175 or 180 gallon per minute, and you go up 10 or 15 or even 20 if you want from there, or even down 10. And then two-and-a-half hoses, the same thing. If you make, make two and it, a half, makes, make it, it, makes it pretty easy. Right. Make, put it in a decimal point. It's 2.50. Just remember that. Two and a half is two and a half. Two and a half inch hose gives you two and a half hundred. 250 gallons a minute. Plus or more, five or 10 or 15, up or down. The point is we're looking at ballparks, and you don't have to hump, and you don't have to pull, and you don't have to drag a big, heavy two and a half inch hose into a house if you don't need all that water. So obviously, it's the flexibility of the, 
Some folks that may still have inch and a half or inch and three quarter. That hose is very flexible. Well, One or two firefighters can easily pull a charge line into and up to the second floor of a Pull it and maneuver it, like you said, because the flexibility part of it, think about your hallways, your staircases, doorways in residential structures. Sure. We're not talking a large commercial building, or even some large you know, multifamily dwellings, you know, tenements, apartments where you have long, wide hallways. We're talking some pretty narrow bends and turns and things that you need. And if you want to rapidly extend and work your way into these and put fire out and maybe a couple different smaller compartments, sure, you need to be able to maneuver that line, get in there. You know, that's everything from, I may need to bend it up. We got some ceiling pulled or we're doing some hydraulic pulling it's with the closet. water. And think about how many stairways you got to make a quick U-turn at the bottom of the stairs to head up the stairs from the hallway. And then to top, top of the same stairway, another quick U-turn at the top to head down the hallway to where the bedrooms are. So, Two and a half is, let me tell you, it just ain't happening. So inch and three quarter, we already know, and I hate to you know, waste time and, and minutes and, and words on that. So, so we'll go with the inch and three quarter, and we're back to the same question. We're back, to, we're back to what entrance, what door? What door are we going in? And my answer is almost only for a standard, non-modified, non-renovated, non-three-story, you know, three-family home, one turned into three, a standard home that was built as a one-family or even maybe a two-family home, we're looking at the front door, and there's a couple of reasons. People ask all the time why. Sometimes people recite front door without knowing why. And, and I found teaching promotion in the FDNY, I explained to a lot of guys that were taking tests that if you understand what you're talking about, a lot of times it's easy to remember it. So, right, right. So, so I tell them front door, and I tell them front door for a couple of reasons. And the first one is it's a geography question. And it may not be true anymore because actually new homes being built now are being built to some degree – it, with a different format. There's a lot of open formats now in houses where the dining room, kitchen, and, and living room are all sort of open to each other and there's less walls and less enclosures, but, but, but the stairway is still almost always near the front but, door. And I know where you were going with that, and I'm, I'm thinking of all the new homes I go into, and we, we've talked about this before, when you're driving on a street and there's a new subdivision going up or a new home at the end of the street or whatever, if it's open, stop and go walk through it. You're the fire department. You, you I'm not doing a special. We just want to walk through and see how Nobody it's set up. Stop you. Yeah. And you go in. And, and you're right, but but I'm still I'm sitting here thinking I can think of some homes where the staircase was my grandpa the, the two story in Chicago door, the the front door to the house was at the far right, but you walk in you go right up the stairs to the second floor or into the living room, and I'm thinking even some of the bigger homes the newer styles, maybe the staircase isn't right inside the door like the older smaller homes, but I'm trying to think of the ones that and and, and again never say never never say always so there's some out there but. The majority I'm really thinking about, it's somewhere in close proximity to that front door. Yeah, I'm not talking going down a hallway. Now, look, there's McMansions that have two and three staircases in this thing for these rich right, people. Right. Stuff. There's always exceptions. But the main staircase, the main stair, you know, is you, you're right. And, and again, I'm, I'm really racking my brain trying to think of any that, you know, I can remember that aren't somewhere near the front door. Now, here's an important point. I'm thinking about my house right now. You walk into my house. Now, my house is a custom home. It's not a, it's not a home in a neighborhood where one, two, three models and they get repeated down the street or anything like that. My home is, is one of a kind. I built it on a big big lot somewhere. Built, built by Salka Industries. There we go. But, but the point <laughs> is, when you walk in my front door of my house, when you look through the glass at the front door, you're looking up the stairs. When you open the door, if, if you were to take more than one step, you're on the stairs. But, but I must tell you, we never use the front door at my house because the way the driveway comes up around my house, it wraps around the D side the fourth side of the house to the right. That's where we park. That's where the garage used to be. It's now a room. We now have a ramp and not a side door, but a full back door. It's a back door. It's in the back of the house. That's the primary instance of my house. 
And if the fire is in that room, in the room that, that the back door enters into, it would by, by far be easier to enter the house, take a few steps and put water on the fire than it would be to go into the front door. But that's not what it's all about. It's not about being well, easier necessarily. It's and, about and, some of the secondary concerns. And easier for us makes it harder for other people or things or objects that like you said before. Right. And, and and let me just say this. You know, we've talked before about some people that don't use their front doors as their, their, their favorite means of egress, and some of them seal them up or do things. Not seal them up, you know, wall over them, but, you know, play, you know, I'm, I'm just going back to we have halicans. We have big keys that get us into buildings if we have to force a door. All right. So My door I'm, is sealed. My front door is sealed. It's, it's a terrible old wooden door and a terrible old wooden frame that we haven't had a chance to replace yet. We've done a lot of the work in the house, but we haven't done that. And I must tell you, in the wintertime, I, I pull out a couple of pieces of, you know, the old fiberglass-looking insulation, and I slide them between the storm door and the wood door. That gives me a little extra insulation in the front door. And, and I close the door and latch it, both the storm door and the wood door behind it. Both of them are closed and locked. And, and, and my, wife, my wife not only encourages me but orders me. I actually tape up with big, wide, clear tape around the inside edge of the door. We just don't even look or touch that wooden door. But, but, it, it, but, but somebody coming with the fire department will go through that door as fast as exactly. any other door in the world. So that's not the reason. That's not the reason that I would say that they wouldn't use the front door or should use the front door. We're saying use the front door, and the reason is because from that front door, back to my house, from that front door you can go straight if the fire was on the second floor. Two steps, you are already ascending to the second floor. But if it's not the second floor, if it's the kitchen, it's one side step to the right, and you're in the dining so room, and then you walk 20 feet, you're at a kitchen fire. Let's, let's, let's back this far. Let's say the fire's not on the second floor in this one. Let's say it's... First floor kitchen or whatever or down around over my or, family room where that back door empties. And, and let's say that, and we've said this before in class, you know, the the, the owner is yelling at you. No, 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 no. The, the back door, like yours, is right here. Bring your fire hose back here. It's it's right here in this back room. It's in the laundry room or the kitchen. You you, you, you know. So we've talked about it. There, there's a reason why sometimes the short, you know, that shortcut or what's easier for us is going to make it harder on a lot of other people. Now here's my thing. We've been, and, and I like this, I love one of the best NFPA fire prevention or fire safety awareness, you know, sayings they've come up campaigns. with in a long time. Yep. Yep. Campaigns is close the door. You know, we've talked about smoke detectors till, till you know, we can talk about till the cows come home, all right? And we still don't get smoke detectors in houses or people take them down or whatever. Because it's something you got to buy, something you got to maintain, something you got to put a fresh battery in, you got to keep exactly. working on it. But everybody can close a door. That's free. And sometimes, uh, I think the majority of people close their kids' doors. They close their bedroom doors at night anyway. Maybe they don't sleep until they're open. But that being said, the whole thought process and the reasonings behind it makes sense. So now, let's say second floor, you got some bedrooms. You have a couple of children and parents. They've already bought themselves a little bit of time having the doors closed. Okay? I think a lot of time. Yeah. Well, and we've got the evidence and the proof to show it. Not test fires, real fires, that this room is like gutted and this room is like... Pristine. You could, yeah. So that being said, even more so now, what you're saying, John, you know, we go through the front door and we make a right to go after that fire. And you've said this before. Just by doing, let's not talk about the back yet. Just by, just by going into the front door, stairs right in front of you, you make a right for that first floor fire off you on the right. You own the stairway. You own the stairway. That's right. And and you've said it before. How many staircases have a door at the top? No, not in private dwellings. 99.9% of so what's the private fire dwellings do? have open interior stairs. That, and that's why 
And that's why the NFPA campaign says close your door, because even they know uh, if the fire's on the first floor, obviously smoke and heat can be pushed horizontally, or if the fire is on the first floor, all the heat and smoke, I, bet, I can't tell you how many fires I've been to. Uh, we made a primary or secondary search on the second floor of a house for a good kitchen fire, and the toys were melted, yes. and the clock on the wall was melted, and all sorts of other stuff. And there was no fire on the second floor. Why? It's a private dwelling. Open interior stairway. It and is all a that heat. All that heat in your IFSTA Essentials Manual wants to go where? Right. You want to talk about flow path? The flow path in a private house with an interior fire is up the interior stairs. So why wouldn't you advance the extinguishing tool, the first hose line, in through the closest the closest entrance to the interior stairs to the second floor, and then work towards the fire, and now you really are going from the unburned to the burn, which I still think is a very valid concept. And not only from the unburned to the burn, you're putting the whole second floor and the stairway leading to the second floor behind what you. Do, what do soldiers and Marines do in battle? Okay, you got everybody coming up behind you. They don't open this up and go this way and allow people. They're like, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to go through us to get to them. Flanking positions. And, and isn't know? that what you're telling? You're telling the fire, you're going to have to go through this nozzle, this engine crew. To get to that stairway. To get to that stairway. You know what? Not on my watch because, for all I know, there's little kids, the grandmas and grandpas and parents and mamas and dads sleeping up there. And you gotta firefighters. Go There's firefighters following you in. Whether you got a truck or not, whether it's another engine that's going to go upstairs and make a search, or maybe maybe it's another engine crew going to stretch a second hose line up the stairs to get to the area above the kitchen to make sure there is no extension. They're still going to access the stairs, and guess what? You're protecting them. You're, you're opening that avenue. Two in the morning, they, you would hope they're going to the second floor as quick Absolutely. as they could for Never a search. Never mind if they find folks and start, and start leading them down, carrying them down, making rescues. Now... You've, you've secured that stairway as an emergency route for a second line, for a search crew, and for removal of interior people, all because of the door that you chose. And because, like we said before, what may be easier for us is a lot harder on those people up there and anyone else coming in behind us, on the rest of our teammates. Selfish, oh, see, selfish, back that up, okay, but... No, it's look, worse than look, selfish. You know, we, what does easy have to do we, with it? We want to go in there, we want to go back here and do this, and we now we've exposed any occupants... Or we made it harder on our own people, our own crews to go in and search for them because we said what? Back to the guy. Over here, fireman, over here. The door's right here. Just yeah. come right here. Now you go. Let's talk this, John. So instead of going so to the front talk door, about that. you yeah. go around the back. We and decided it's right to go around there. the back door because the back door actually opens into that den so, what where a, the fireplace threw a couple of sparks out in the middle of the evening and lit that den on fire. So you know what? So, we we stretch around the house. Maybe we use another length of hose. Doesn't matter. We got plenty. We go in that back door. Boom! We're right in a room that's on fire. Much quicker for us. Faster water on the but fire. But what are, what are the chinks in the armor of doing that? Well, guess what? If there's a big double wide archway from that family room into the dining room, and the dining room's right next to the stairway, is that still not the flow path? Is that still not the way that the heat and smoke is naturally going? It sure is. And now when you're coming in behind the fire, you're, you, you're not only doing nothing to prevent it. You could be in some way enhancing it, depending on your stream, your okay. nozzle, and everything else. Not only that, but could the fire have advanced a little bit further than you expected already? Could the fire already be going across the living room ceiling when you when you decide to come in that back door to get direct, the most direct and easiest way? So you still might be chasing fire through and out of that family so room. So those are maybe towards the, the heat and the fire you just talked about. Those are two chinks in the armor we're talking about. What are the chinks in the armor? So that's one thing. Okay. You're inside, you're fighting that fire, and like you said, we no longer own the stairwell. And what 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 could go wrong? We just said that what could go wrong with that with that line, that that that, that hose line? What could change things dramatically with the hose crew? Pump pump failing, 
Right. Loss of water, kink line, kink. chocked, you know, underneath Burst something. Line. I mean, all these, out of whatever, all these different things can happen. And now those people, so let's say you got a crew upstairs and you didn't get all the fire. Or you got everything here, but you didn't get the fire that actually was in the, over here. Now we've actually, we have the potential to, to cut off the staircase, to cut off the, the, the means of egress for the guys. They get to the top of the stairs like, what, what, why is it so hot up here? And they're calling downstairs. Well, we lost our line because, unfortunately, sometimes the last people to know that you lost your line or are struggling downstairs are the people where? Upstairs. So there's another couple chinks in the armor, if you will. Right. Right. You know, we've actually, like you said, we've actually helped the heat and fire and everything push up that, that staircase. And now, you know, look, if we're in between the fire and that staircase and things go wrong, we have a chance to say, hey, 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 get back, there, you know. Right or or we're losing pressure. It's like get back, get behind me. You guys get out. I got your back. Right. Can't do that from the other side. No. Can't. You don't even. You might not even know how far the stairway is or exactly where it is if you're going in the back door because you haven't made entry in the front door yet. So, you know, unless you, um, and the one thing that somebody can can say and is and can't be can't be denied is that if you come in the closer door or use a window. I mean, we're not even getting into hitting it hard from the yard angle, which is another group of folks that are talking about getting fast water on a fire for the advantage that that provides to them. But, but getting fast water on a fire is not a singular solution to the whole problem. Yes, we want fast water on a fire. Yes, we want to get there as quickly as possible. Yes, we want to reduce the smoke generation and the heat levels in the house as soon as possible. That's all taken for granted. But, but, but the fact that maybe going through the front door and stretching a line in through the front door to the right of the stairway, through the dining room, to the kitchen that's on fire, maybe that takes an extra 30 seconds. But, but the, the tactical advantages and the geographical advantage of putting that line between the stairway that ascends to the second floor with the open interior stairway and the, the main escape route for the people and the entry point for rescue teams to go above and even to other areas. And the, the extra the 30 seconds. But they, they can't be overwhelmed by that single factor of putting the fire out there. Exactly. And what are we talking, think about this. I know there are McMansions out there, but the vast majority of the homes in the United States, America, and Canada, what are we, what, we're, we're not talking, we're not even talking a length of hose. With a typical 2,500. 3,000 square foot houses. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, we're not, we're not, to get from the front door to around we're going, we're not talking 150 feet, 100, I mean, in most houses. We're talking a short amount of traveling time, if you will. And if you're, and, hitting a, if you're going in a side window or a side door, or as I just used it as an example, my house, if you're going around to the back door, you're very likely stretching maybe an, an extra length of hose. You might be stretching a little bit further to get around to the back to go that easier way because it dumps me, you right into throw, the room. Let me throw this thing. Let me throw this. 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 Uh, I still don't see why going through three rooms that are not on fire to get to the room that is. I don't see why coming in the front door and, and which which might require you to go through three rooms first before you get to the room that's on fire. I don't see how that's viewed by anybody as slower or less efficient. No, than, and, and, than, and that's why I said, how far? Really? How? Really think about how far that. It's not that far. Right. We're not talking like, give me another 50 foot, like, give me another 100 feet. We're like, and every room you go through, you go through the entrance hall, a large entrance hall with a stairway. You pass the stairway up because you're not going upstairs, but you're going to that right rear room. You go from the, from the entry hall through an archway, not a doorway, just an opening, into a big living room. You own the hallway. You own the stairway. You go through the living room, you own the living room. You go into another hallway off the living room and down two doors. To the door that's showing smoke. That's the room on fire. Re- in the that's back. real estate Guess you what? own. You own the hallway too now. Every room you go through with a charge hose line, you own it. Nothing's going to happen there. It might be smoky, it might be hot, but the fire is now in front of you. And it's worth every moment 
of smoke and heat exposure and the other any other any other hazards that, that come along with it and obviously there's flashover hazards and, and orientation hazards but that's what we train for as firefighters you should be able to operate in a smoke environment well let me ask you let me throw this scenario at you okay because we, as we we see in class and we see all just our travels, not everybody is running with four and five men. We'd love for you to do that. It'd be great if you could, but not everybody. So you pull up with minimum staffing, you know, or you, you know your company officer gets off doing a quick three six. You stretch line in the front, whatever, or what, and you've got good fire blowing out a window like right like we're talking right here. Two it, windows off the front door. Is there is there or even on the side? Is there anything wrong? You know, especially go, here, I'm going to say my next new engine may be a, several minutes out still of just with a straight stream or, you know, dial your fog, your straight, whatever. The wind, it's right there. It's fine. We're just giving it a blast because I've done, I've told guys, guys, hit it from the outside, slow it down, get by yourself some time to buy just, not, I'm not saying stand out there, you know, like John, John, Salka, Salka, get over here. Hit this, just hit it here real quick. Just hit it. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, great. Good. Shut it down. Now let's go. And, and I'm not and, saying, and I'm not saying but, no to but, that. But and that, I've never said no to that. You know, obviously, some places with the two and two out rules, and with the fact that there's a short crew, sometimes you have to knock it down through a window. I I just don't suggest you be stretching an extra length and going down the D side around to the back to find the window that it's venting out in the oh, rear to do that. And, you shouldn't go searching for it to hit it. And, from the and window, that's where you, you and know? I agree because some people, some people can't, some people can't get to where the fire is venting to even hit it hard from the yard. Or by the time they do, it's not just one room, it's three rooms. And I don't want to get into a big debate about the hit it hard for the yard. Because frankly, it's it's a topic for another nice discussion, so I'd like to spend the whole night talking about it. But I have no problem. A window or two off the front door, or even right around the 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 AD corner, not a problem. Hit the ceiling, slow it down, and then let's go. And by the time the ceiling drips the water, you should be going through the front door anyway. Because what I'm saying is, South Blooming Grove is my first new mutual aid engine, and you know what? They told us we're out six minutes. We're out seven minutes. Six, you said six, seven minutes, a long time. You know what? He charged the line. You come back. Rick, we're ready to go. I'm already masked up. Hit the, you give it a, just a blast. I'm not telling you run around to the back, run back no. and forth. But you're not going to have three rooms or fly down a hallway by the time they get no, there. You know, so Agreed. Just a, a quick shot. And not all the time. Like we said, what do we, what do we, what do we say in class sometimes? What would you rather have? One, one wrench? Or the whole box full of all the different size wrenches and socket sets. When we say another tool for the toolbox, meaning everything, not every roof gets a hole in it, but I'm a big believer in vertical ventilation. Two and a half doesn't get pulled everything, but a two and a half is a great line on a lot of fires. You know, you, you know there's always, it's like... Right. Hitting it through the window is not my first choice ever, but there are situations pinch, where it shouldn't be. Absolutely. Pinch, you know, and, and, and anybody who says there's anything that's out of bounds that you should never use or always use, obviously they're not experienced firefighters. They don't know... They don't know that there's so many different possibilities out there of things that can happen. So many variables. You can have a house that they take a garage and turn it into a room. Suddenly that changes the whole geography of the whole house and where you and, go in and where you go and out. And we'll do another show. We'll do a whole other show, folks, on, on basement fires versus walkout basement fires. That's a whole other topic on the show for another time. We're talking about... First floor fires, second floor You're the fires. first new engine. You're the, you turn the corner. You, you're, you're headed down the street. You see the header. You see the smoke. You go, we got a job. Dispatch telling you, PD's on a scene, you got fire, they're blocking the streets for you. You know, it's an occupied, let's just call it occupied. Let's just call it it's an occupied single family dwelling. You pull the neighbor, you, you make the corner and you go, yep, we got fire. Fire out this window. We're talking first due officer decisions to make. Like you said, policies, SOGs, whatever you call them, folks, doesn't matter. What do you have the playbook? In the playbook, your playbook says what you're going to do with that Inch type of fire. Quarter. Turn that Inch page. and three quarter. Right. And now, 
you pull up, and again, we always encourage. If you sometimes you can't catch three sites because there's cars parked or things or whatever, but you know, if I if I could save my side pull up and go, well, I saw that whole side of the house pulling up, the front and this side. Now I could take seconds, take a quick duck around the back and go, oh, this thing goes forever, or it doesn't, or there's burglar bars, or there's fire out the second floor. I went, wait a minute, the fire was at the first floor in the front, whatever. That's a, another show we'll do too is get in the rear of the building. I come back around. Firefighter Lasky's already masked up, ready. He's just waiting for me. He's already there. He's got the line charged. He's finishing up, going, you ready? And I mask up or whatever, and off we go. And and I, I agree with you. We both agree that, you know, never say never, never say always, but man, if man, there's that, ever that front door's a good choice. If there's ever the a close line. if there's ever a close second to always, it's the front door. For a private house. Too a many, house too many chinks in the armor. Tom Freeman, Chief Tom Freeman, if you listen. Boss, I remember, buddy, we used to say that. He used to say, Rick, what's the chink? He used to say, all right, and we t- we're talking. What's the chink in the armor? You know, what's the dent? I'm like, well, all right. I'm looking at the armor. There's a there's a dink. There's a chink right there. I can see the dent. What's the chink? And we talked about what the chinks in the armor are. I try to go around the back, you know, instead of going through the front. The real estate you give up or you can't protect. You leave crews unprotected. You leave civilians unprotected. Hose line operations, the primary hose line, the first inch and three-quarter attack line in a private house fire or a private dwelling fire is not one-dimensional. This is not a one-dimensional decision. How do we get water in a fire faster? There are some people that, that have really oversimplified the, the primary the primary line in a, in a private dwelling. It, it, I try not to oversimplify it. It's not just one-dimensional. It's not simply time. It's not get water in a fire as fast as you can, as wonderful as that sounds. And I'm not suggesting we go around the block or we climb a ladder and do this and do that, but certainly making a decision like going in the front door for a private dwelling fire on the first floor or the second floor gives tremendous advantage tactically, operationally, and from a geography perspective. And tie that. To both fire first, fire floor, first floor, and second floor fires. I think you're going to have a, a rap, more rapid and direct access to the fire. And let's back that up to what we started saying at the very beginning. The more you train, we always talk, the more, 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 we, we, more we you know sweat and train, less we bleed in the battle. The more we practice stretch and hose, it becomes, you don't even know. You reach up, you pull up, you don't have to tell you, because you should have to tell a firefighter unless he's brand new. What hole? He should, you've got enough to think about as a captain, lieutenant, company officer. I should already know. If you tell me, Rick, pull a crosshair for this fire, pull it, really? You don't think I know that already? You know, unless. And I've seen people that did this for high rise fires just for the ease of drill and practice and, and uncovering numbers and answers. They use a big old piece of, piece of rope. And they, and, they, and, they, and they tie a big piece of black or red tape at every 50-foot section. And they use that. And they go to a house. You can even go to a guy's house. You can go to a member's house and say, okay, let's see how many lengths it takes to get to the back door. And you just start right from the rig with the, with the, with the rope. And you pull it across the lawn. You go around the side of the house. You go to the back of the house. You go in the back door. And the rope pulls pretty easily. You see a piece of rope. And you get inside. Then you walk back out and you count the lengths. One, two, three, four. Holy cow, that's five lengths. All right, pull it back. You pull the hose out. You, you, you pull the rope out real quick. You start again. Let's go in the front door. Go to that same spot from inside. And you go in from the front door now and you pull, pull the rope through. And you can end up being three or four lengths. Sometimes you can even save, sometimes you can save lengths of hose, which saves friction loss, which may actually save some time as well. So guys do that at a high-ride building, so they have to start dragging hose down hallways from standpipes. You can use that rope as a sort of, as a little measuring tape for hose lines and put a 50-foot 50 50 measurement on And it. we talked, you know, before about, and we'll get into when to charge the line and all that stuff later. Yeah, another time. But we yep. talked about you can lose all your hose on the front lawn and get it out of the way, and you, no kinks, you can kick everything, see it, and push you through that front door and up them stairs or around what you got to do. I remember doing easy. the back-to-basics class in the FDNY many years ago. Jerry Tracy and myself and 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 Eddie. And uh, 
and he was lost in, uh, he was a, a battalion chief in the FDMY, lost in uh, 9-11, great guy. Three of us were, were captains at the time, and uh, and we did the back to basics program in the FDMY. We had some, some serious incidents going on and some major fires and some loss of life, and looked like we were sort of losing track of engine operations and hydrants and water and stuff like that, supply lines. Make a long story short, one of, that's, that's one of the things we talked about. We talked about you getting in there with the line and, and paying attention to how many people were stretching and, and water supply and all of all the basics. That doesn't matter whether you're in a big fire department or a small fire department. One station, three stations, three hundred stations. Engines is the primary. An engine is the primary tool of supply, tool of service for the fire fire department. And and the, the few tools that are on there, the basic the basic complement, the basic level of service for an engine is to provide hose line to the fire and put the fire out. Well. You know, I know we wanted to talk on one of our episodes here of Old School just about this. Is is We're talking Old School, where to stretch the line. Nothing really new about this. Nope. Nothing really new. We've been doing this for a long time, stretching hose and which which entrance works best. And, you know, I mean, we, we it's been going on for, for a long time, and it's still one of the best things we do, you know, when it comes to fighting fires. And so. certainly an advantage for you in your own district, in your own town, and maybe your own first response area with Engine 3.9 is... Is, is to know your buildings. Know your buildings, know your streets, know the construction. Oh, yeah, you go left off Jericho Turnpike. That's all modern buildings. That's all lightweight construction. And all the right-hand neighborhoods, all those streets down there, the president's names, those are all 40-year-old homes. Those are all dimensional lumber. And you should know that. You should already know your homes. You should already know the basic layout of them, front doors and side doors. Some places have front doors and back doors. you you, you got to know your buildings and get out there and familiarize yourself with it. It's really not that difficult. Obviously, there's lots of choices and many, many, many variations, and there's always going to be exceptions to the rules, but we have to start somewhere. We have to start going with the odds, and when you start looking at the front door in a private dwelling, odds are that's going to be your best, most efficient, safest, and most effective way to stretch your first hose line. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, another, another one uh, in the books here, another, another great, another great show. Hope you enjoyed listening. Everybody goes to house fires. There's no, nobody that can say, gee, we don't do house fires, unless you work in some, maybe some firehouse in a factory area. But most places do go to house fires, and I, I hope this uh, little front door hose line uh, discussion was uh, helpful to you and the folks that you work with. Well, outstanding, buddy. Hey, if they need to get a hold of you, best route is? Email chiefjohnsalka at gmail.com. And for me, you know, you can hit pridenotorship.com. But again, same thing, chieflasky at gmail.com. And uh, we'll do our best to get back to you as quick as we can. Um, you know, we, we end all our shows. You know, we've said this. There's, unfortunately, walk around some of the apparatus uh, shows and things and great rigs. But, you know, you don't see the decals anymore. You don't see the pins. You don't see the patches. And, you know, I know it's been a little while. But if it was as significant an event as it was back when 9-11 occurred back then, it still should be. So we never end any of our shows. We try not to end any of our shows without saying never forgetting means never forgetting. Be, be safe out there, folks. Thank you for, for listening and joining us. We'll catch you in the next one. This is Chief John Salka, Rick Lasky for Old School. God bless you. Be safe.